respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the SIN office and studios stand. SIN Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. SIN Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which SIN partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today we are going to have a Centrelink rant, a Services Australia MyGov rant and talk about how these institutions appear to be socially structured in a way that prevents people, particularly those who are disabled, from being able to access these services that they need. And I'm just going to say it out there. It doesn't matter if you make a dollar or a million dollars a year. You should never, ever be paying for anything needed for your disability. You should never have to pay for medicine adaptive technology and mobility aids and any other sort of things you may need for your disability. And it doesn't matter how much money you make. These things are things that you need and therefore they shouldn't cost you anything in the same way things that you want should cost. These are necessities that keep us alive. They're not conveniences or things that we want. The job market is already structured in a way that makes it much harder for disabled people to find work that pays reasonable. Therefore, they already face a lot of barriers in earning enough money to pay for the things that they need. And in cases where disabled people do earn large enough salaries to pay for their technology, it's not, unless you're like a multi-millionaire, it's not really possible because for the most part, mobility aids like wheelchairs can cost upwards of a million dollars each and most medicines are in the hundreds of dollars. There really is no other way of saying it. Everything related to your disability should come directly out of government services and government provided money. Because by making disabled people pay for their necessities, what you are saying is that you would rather that they face disadvantages, financial disadvantages and barriers to reaching the same success as able-bodied people. As they are not able to receive adaptive technology and then making them face additional barriers to being successful that don't need to be there. I'm going to say that it is just a way that capitalism continues to oppress disabled people. Anyone who is just beginning their career moving out of home and starting to earn money, of course they are not going to have enough money to pay for a lot of things, including rent. And if you are disabled, they're not you're not going to have enough money to pay for your medicines and mobility age because you've moved out of home you don't have that sort of money yet and most people don't have the luxury of a large inheritance and by making disabled people pay for medications even if it's only a couple of dollars and other sorts of adaptive technologies what you are saying is that you want to disadvantage a entire group of people from getting the technology that they need to begin their career and for basically being able to progress economically and by making them pay for it um, when they have the money to pay for it um, you're just basically saying that disabled people didn't really earn what they actually had because now they've got to use that money to stay alive and to stay able to 
be able to pursue what they want to do. So there is absolutely, even if you're Jeff Bezos rich, you should not be paying for any sort of adaptive technology or anything related to disability. And then there is the idea that one's spouse or partner's money is, that gets counted against your disability support pensions. So you have to provide your partner's money. And not only is this incredibly um, problematic to people who are of a non-heterosexual and monogamous relationship or a traditional relationship, it also is incredibly sexist because basically just telling women that you have to basically live in the 1950s and ask your man for money, which is just disgusting and it's wrong and it just should not be allowed to exist. If you're disabled, you should just get everything you need and there shouldn't be a process to prove you earn a certain amount of money. Centrelink shouldn't be doing investigations into you to prove you are getting what you need. It should simply be a matter of you go to the doctor they confirm you have a disability and everything comes almost instantly. You don't, and you don't have to fill out this complicated process that Centrelink in Australia pretty much has. And this isn't something that is unique to Australia. It's pretty much universal around the world that disabled people face incredibly difficult processes to access the services that we need. And in my opinion, it proves that the government or the society doesn't want to see disabled people be successful and to see us live lives that are fulfilling. It basically proves that they really don't care about supporting us in a way and they don't care about how they can work in ways that help us and make us live fulfilled lives. They just want to make our lives difficult and don't want to see us being successful. And I found an interesting and excellent article from the ABC titled Centrelink's Disability Support Pension Application Process is a Hate Crime, say Sophie Reed Singer, and it's written by Erin Semler and Sophie Reed Singer. And the article talks about how um, Sophie has a very severe bone disorder and has been attempting to access disability support pension for seven years. And she describes this process as dehumanizing and degrading. Um, and she says that the complex process which they must go through to be able to access disability support pension, and it's often, quite often unsuccessfully, is severe and not an inclusive approach. And this is very, very real of many people's experience on the disability support pension, the low income health care card, and many similar programs offered by the government. And so when she was 18, she applied for the DSP and she was rejected from it because her disability was not considered severe enough. And it is um, people who are usually able-bodied talking on behalf of disabled people, which is just disgusting. And same with the NDIS, to prove your disability cannot be cured, to access it. So she only received a very small payment of the youth allowance until she took time, took up some animation work. And then she um, ended up doing a doctorate and where she was only paid the doctorate fees, which are a very, very small amount of money. And it's incredibly disturbing that she had to have this experience. And um, I hope this changes very, very soon. And 
out of the 831,601 people who are on job seekers, 43.1% were either sick or had a disability. And, and Julia Gillard in 2013 and, or 2012 introduced the impairment tables to remove people based on work capacity from the DSP. And that's just really, really disturbing. Um, in my opinion, it doesn't matter if you work, everyone should receive this money. Being disabled is expensive. It is really expensive and takes, a, and I said before, it takes a massive amount of money out of your existing pay. And with with um, adaptive technologies costing upwards of, in some cases, a million dollars for a motorized wheelchair, there is no reason why disabled people, no matter how much they earn, should ever be paying for their disability, paying to be alive out of money they earn. It just shouldn't come out of that. It should be coming directly out of the taxpayers, which are taxing billionaires. It's just disgusting. And, you know, if you earn enough to pay for your own disability needs, you get taxed like everyone else, and that's where the money is put back in. And you get to, and you just get taxed more if you earn more money. Regardless of your disability status, you, if you earn more money, you just get taxed, and that's how it gets paid because... No one should need to dosh out of their own income that we are designated by the government to pay for things that we need for our survival. There is another very important argument that this article does pull up, and that is that if we make the process too easy to access, um, people who are not disabled will just take advantage of the system. And there is one easy way to stop that, and that is to go to a doctor that you have been seeing for a decent amount of time to who will sign off on a disability. And once it is signed off, you just get the money. And you should get it. It shouldn't be a long process. It should be within the week to get the money that you need, all the services that you need. And things like the NDIS and any sort of medical treatment or doctor is someone who works with you over a long period of time. If a doctor knows you're on the DSP or all these sort of things and you, and they and you no longer apply or they think that you are not actually disabled and you're taking advantage of the system, they can then say that. It's not up to the government people you have never met to prove that you are or you are not disabled. And if your doctor thinks that you are making something up, because everyone who is disabled has a diagnosis of some sort, and that diagnosis has been on record for the vast majority of their lives. It's pretty easy to just go through some medical records and prove that they have a diagnosis and just send that in. The fact that I'm being ranked on some sort of capacity table is just very creepy and very ableist. And it sometimes makes me question if Australia really is this progressive country inclusive country that we think it is and it's not just australia in the u.s they have an, a similar process in the uk the process is even in my opinion more complicated and now for my experience with the dsp and the low-income health care card now when i say low-income health care card um i mean this thing is very very low-income health care card the annual income for a single person um, on the low-income healthcare card, is about thirty-five thousand a year, and that is disturbingly low. That is like that is actually quite scary because most people in Australia, a lot of young people, will qualify for this. But this is a single person. That would be not enough money to rent somewhere in Melbourne right now, 
not enough money to have any sort of lifestyle um, outside of your low income and really not enough money to buy for food necessities. If you were living on the low income healthcare card and you are living independently, you would be pretty much in living in some form of a poverty. It's way too low. But what happens if you earn a bit more than that? You're still living a very low income life. And I personally think that the cost of medication, even with the PBS in Australia, the cost of public transport, and the cost of many other things that the low income card gives you concessions on, are important to people who earn above what the low income healthcare card offers. And I personally think the low income healthcare card should be raised. And the income threshold should be raised. In my opinion, all medication should be free. There should be no need for a card like this to pay for medications and to pay for stuff that disabled people need. I know a number of people who earn just enough to no longer qualify for this card and having to pay for their medications and public transport and other things that they need um, is incredibly disturbing. And many of them can't afford housing. And there are many things that disabled people need, but additional things that don't really fall into um, the qualifications of and are paid for by things like the PBS or other sort of disability services. They can't afford those things because they don't earn enough money to pay for them. And it proves that there is a very large level of poverty in Australia who earn too much to qualify for these income support methods and don't earn enough to actually live their lives fulfillingly. My personal experience with the low income healthcare card has been, for lack of a better term, rather brutal. I got my low income healthcare, I have had a low income healthcare card for a number of years and I had it since I think about 2018 was when I got it first and I qualified completely for a low income healthcare card back then even though I'm surprised I didn't actually take into account my parents income which is they take into account partner's income for this but they didn't take into account my parents income but we had to renew it and when I say the process is complicated it is complicated very 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 complicated and it's disturbing because I just feel that why is this so hard for a lot of people why am I unable to really access the things that I need so the process of receiving a low-income healthcare card in Australia um, basically you have to um, provide Centrelink with documents proving your income and whilst this might seem pretty straightforward they ask for very specific things that in many ways can be hard for people to really understand and neither me nor my parents could really understand what was actually being asked of us so we went into Centrelink Oakley in about a couple of weeks ago to get this thing sorted out and we went in there with the income you know, we had to go early in the morning because Centrelink is so understaffed. Wait times are in excess of three or four hours. And I'm sorry, but I only thought my life to live. Just hire more staff to make the process faster. And when we finally had the person that, you know, was going to help us, she just said, oh, this paperwork is not okay. You haven't got the right income. And 
we had it for the whole financial year. It was more than they asked for. More. And we needed a thing for three months. And it's just like... And then when we got we we ran to the bank in Oakley, which isn't that far away. We came back, brought it back. Still not. Just tell us what we need. Don't make the process so difficult for us. Because it is not fair on us. I would say that despite being disabled, I do have a level of privilege. But, you know, what about people who don't have that? What about people who don't have their parents or support workers to help them? It's just disgusting. It is really, really wrong and incredibly ableist. And a lot of people, a lot of people I know, theorize that they make these processes difficult so people don't claim these concessions. You know, you should claim everything that you're entitled to from the government. Everything. Because you need it. If it's there, you need it. We need way more support and social security than what the government gives us. And the government really needs to stop catering towards billionaires and start catering towards people who need help. And one of the ways they can do this is to not make these processes so difficult. So then, basically, we get to Centrelink, we have the right documentation this time, we go to the person, we don't process income, low-income cards at, at Oakley. Like, you could have told me that a couple of weeks ago, but you didn't. So they just took our paperwork and they scanned it, and voila, we didn't get a card. They didn't process it, they just scanned it. They didn't actually do their job. It's like... Why aren't they doing what they're supposed to do with their work? They just scanned the documents and didn't do anything with them. They just shoved them into the scanner. It's like, are you doing it to be performative just to pretend that you are helping me? Because that's not what you're meant to be doing. So we get told we have to do it online, which is... And then the online doesn't work because we mistakenly put some stuff in wrong. And then we have to ring up so they can cancel the old claim and set it up again and... It took them a few hours to actually do that. And still, the process is incredibly complicated online. There is no one there to support us and take us through the process. No one who is trained to do it. And we're just stuff here. Like, not everyone owns a computer or has access to a proper computer. You can't just move every single service in Australia online. It's been a few weeks now and I still haven't got the card. The back and forth between me and a bunch of Centrelink workers has just been one of the most unpleasant things that ever had to do. And I just think that, firstly, why can't the workers just tell me what I need to get? Are they being trained to purposely make my life harder? I just, I really think that I that the amount of ableism that Centrelink continues to perpetuate towards disabled people by making these services so hard for them to access just proves that society does not want to see disabled people become successful even though we are perfectly capable of doing so the fact that it's more economical to keep us on these sort of low-income things in the end because these employment officers that are helping us get work get money when we are on them from the government they want to keep us on this because they get money from the government to have us in part of these employment offices and so they don't want to see us get a job because they get more money if we don't get a job and keep working with them as a customer so 
we need to create a system that is set up to both allow disabled people to become successful and fulfill everything that they want to do, whilst also giving them the support they need and not making them pay for their disability out of their own money because it's so expensive. And I think that until we get that and until we have society like that, we're going to continue to have a society that perpetuates ableism and systemically oppresses disabled people and prevents us from doing what we want to do. And there's one thing I also want to talk about that is also pretty ableist, um, and that is that, um, that disabled people who are on these low-income services cannot have a partner without risking losing a lot of their benefits. And that is really, really sexist and disturbing and not inclusive of relationships that are not traditional monogamous relationships. And I think that forcing people who are disabled to um, pay for things through their, from their partner perpetuates some very disturbing and sexist tropes in our society. It also perpetuates homophobia towards people who are not in traditional straight monogamous relationships. It can also negatively impact people who are in other forms of non-traditional relationships, including polyamorous relationships and more casual and open relationships. Asking your partner for money is incredibly demeaning. Many partners, particularly those of young people, will not be unable to earn enough for two people. If you need the money and you were disabled, you should get the money. It doesn't matter how much your partner earns, you deserve it. And until disabled people are able to date, there is still inequity and ableism in our society.